There are certain wounds that almost all of us share, and we could have come by them in different ways. But if there's an artist working on a particular issue, that it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And for me personally, I always find it so helpful to hear what the artist is thinking through and how they're connecting with that and how their art is addressing that. Welcome to Material Feels, where we explore the intimate relationships between people, their creative practices, and the materials they have fallen in love with. I'm your host, Katherine Monahan. I'm an audio storyteller, writer, and artist living in Oakland on Ohlone land. We are on a hiatus right now, which means shorter episodes until further notice. If you are a new listener, please go back and listen to the more traditional format of the show, where I spend nearly an hour with a guest artist and their particular material. Those episodes include conversations, adventures, and various tangents that dive into the historical and cultural context of each material we cover. Today, I'm sharing space with a fellow arts podcaster, Pam Uzel, producer and host of Art Heals All Wounds. We talk about early art memories, why we do what we do, and we each chose an organization and the arts that we invite you to support. It was a really fun conversation, and I'm excited to share it with you. So yeah, Pam, I'm excited to be here with you. Well, thank you, Catherine. I'm really excited to be here with you too. And yes, we're going to talk about why we are focusing on artists. And we're also hopefully going to nudge you to send some support to some artists as well. Pam is the producer of Art Heals All Wounds, and this is a podcast that I truly love. I always listen to the pilot episode of a podcast and then the most recent one just to see the arc and see how it feels. And her pilot episode made me cry. It made me feel I just I love the way that Pam engages with artists and starts conversations and holds space for vulnerability. So thank you. Well, you are most welcome, but just to build on that, Catherine has one of my favorite podcasts as well. Their podcast, Material Feels, so wonderful at making this connection with artists around what medium they're attracted to and how they express themselves. And one of the things they do, which is my favorite, and Catherine knows this, is that they contextualize their subject so, so well. They make connections between this particular type of art and so many things that I would have never thought of. And I also think they have one of the best podcasting voices. And I love their silly voices that they use too. It's not often that we find fellow producers who focus on the arts specifically and and really pour their heart into connecting with artists. So let's get to talking. Why don't we start off with how art has impacted our lives? Well, I was thinking about this and I went to a really poor school system in the South and we didn't have art education per se. What we did have though was a lot of music. And in junior high and high school, there was any type of music you wanted to pursue like band, orchestra, choral. But before that, in elementary school, we had what was just called music class. 
and it was one day a week. And we would be told, okay, it's time to go to music class. And we'd stand up and we would file into the cafeteria to a little corner where there was a piano. And Mrs. Gilbert would teach us songs. The songs were grouped kind of either geographically or by meaning. And she wouldn't just teach us the lyrics and the melody. She would teach us the whole everything about the song, like its history, where it was sung, when it got to be popular. And the one that I remember the most was her teaching us waltzing Matilda. And I just felt so enlightened knowing what a jolly swagman and a jumbuck and a billabong were. And then we would all stand up and sing as a group. And that was the highlight of my week. It's just like all the stress of school, everything just fell away standing there and just singing together. And I sang all through junior high and high school in my church choir, which was First Baptist, and then I got recruited to sing at First Presbyterian. And, you know, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I remember that these music teachers in these small southern towns of the church choir leaders were actually really amazing musicians because there weren't a lot of jobs for musicians. So the churches got the best of the best. And some of these songs they had us sing just beautiful, beautiful music. And for me, I still do that. I sing pretty much all the time. It's a major way to channel stress and to release anxiety. And that has always been my favorite thing. And that came from that music class with Mrs. Gilbert. Wow. I love that memory and how it impacted your life and then how you contextualized it with the importance of music and how musicians found their way into these specific positions. I love that you still sing now. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. I don't know if my partner loves the amount that I sing, but he's learned to tolerate it. What about you? I remember a lot of my teachers and their curriculum and how specific projects impacted me. And I have a sharp memory for this. I think it's because art was always my favorite subject all the way back till first grade. But when I'm thinking about a moment that really stood out to me in art education, I think about my eighth grade art teacher. Her name at that time was Miss Longobardo. She had just the wackiest ideas. Like she brought in her dog and we got to dress him up in different outfits and photograph him. <laughs> we had this one still life, which was not necessarily funky, but it was a scratch board project, which is when you have a piece of paper or that is coated with black and you have a stylus and you etch into it. So you etch in the sort of, the light, you're drawing light, as opposed to how we might think about with a pencil, we're drawing the shadow. Mm. And she had all of these things laid out on the table, all these different forms and items and flowers and toys and whatever. And I chose to draw these three eggs that were in a steel bowl, lots of reflection, lots of light, and I remember making this. I remember every etch 
every line that I carved in that surface. And I was so into it. And I was so proud of my work. And then she came over to me. And this was when I was like, I think I might be like kind of good at art. (laughs) She came over and she saw what I had done. And she was like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. And then she showed everyone my work. And usually that might like embarrass me or, (laughs) but I was so, I had been so in it. Like I hadn't been concerned about what anyone else thought of my work. It was just my, I just was enjoying it. Mm. And then to have that reaction, I felt like I have to just keep doing this. I have to keep doing activities like this because it's meaningful to me and other people enjoy it too. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. There is nothing like getting that kind of positive reinforcement when it was already something that you were so into and that you were enjoying so much. Yeah, she she held a lot of power in that moment. And I actually got in contact with her a couple months ago and I told her about that. And she she's like, it gave me goosebumps. <laughs> oh, that is so nice. Wow. <laughs> That's very nice. That's really great that you reached out to her. Well, I think it's important. And that's part of what we do is, you know, acknowledging how important artists are and art teachers are included in that. So it was part of honoring her gift to the world, Mm. which leads me to our next question. So why do we interview artists when we, we know how to use a microphone? You're also a documentary filmmaker. I'm a writer. We could interview anybody. Why do we choose with our podcasts to focus on artists? It was something that I did intuitively, but then I had to think about what I was getting out of it. And one thing that I think is that all of us, all living beings, we're sort of constantly creating a reality together. And... We create it through our beliefs, we create it through our speech, we create it through our actions. And these are all driven by certain ideas and visions that were just kind of pounded into us as we were growing up. And what I feel about artists is that when I need a new way to see something, I want to see how an artist deals with that same issue. You know, it could be a personal story that I've been telling myself my entire life. It could be a story about people, you know, outside of myself and society that I've been telling myself my entire life. And I would like to hear how an artist envisions that because I feel like When an artist starts creating something, they're already creating a new reality. And one thing that I do want to talk about, I just went to see the Afrofuturism exhibit at the Oakland Museum. There was one person in particular that they were saying, this idea of past, present, future, you know, by creating these visions, you are creating a new reality in a certain way. And it could be anything, like there were people who were in outer space. There were people who were just doing things like picking up their groceries. There were all different types of people doing all different types of things in this exhibit. And I feel like that exhibit was like, yeah, this is a reality. 
that has been intentionally created by artists. And I got so much out of that. So that's why I am interviewing artists. That's wonderful. What about you? Yeah, that resonates with me, the concept of creating reality, because your imagination, whatever's in your head, when you connect that to your hands and to materials, you really are creating something that was never Mm -hmm. there before. And I chose to focus on artists because two things. First is that I don't feel that artists get enough airtime especially to talk about their materials, about their struggles, about their dreams. I wanted to create a space for artists, makers, craftspeople to be able to nerd out about stuff, communicate emotions, and not have it just be about what their work means, how long a particular piece took them to make, which are two very common questions. (laughs) And the second reason is because I feel that a lot of people shy away from art. They might be afraid that they're not good at it, worried that they're not creative. Maybe they had somebody kind of shoot them down and didn't support them with their creative impulses. And so I see these conversations with artists as kind of a reparative way to say, you're invited Even if you don't call yourself Mm. an artist, even if you think you're not creative, you're invited to be here with us and we will accept you. I really, really love that sense of inclusion, you know, and that, that resonates with me as well. This whole idea, I mean, my episodes are essentially conversations and what I always hope when I'm recording and releasing an episode is that there's somebody out there listening who feels like that they are included in that conversation as well. I think you do a great job of that. I mean, the handful of episodes that I devoured, I felt (laughs) like you were so present with your guests and so in tune with them. And it was really inviting. I felt like the conversations felt candid and meaningful. And that's, I mean, what more can you ask for? That's great. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So how do you choose who to feature on your show? That's a question. And I think we both get from, from listeners and other podcasters, like how do we select guests? Why don't you talk about your process for that? Right. To be honest, I mean, the first test is, do I like their art? Does their art make me think? And I feel, I could be wrong. I feel like most artists are very conscious about why they are creating the art that they're creating. And the idea behind Art Heals All Wounds is that I feel that there are certain wounds that almost all of us share. And we could have come by them in different ways. But if there's an artist working on a particular issue, that it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And for me personally, I always find it so helpful to hear what the artist is thinking through and how they're connecting with that and how their art is addressing that. And so it really does need to be something that's somewhat tied to the idea of art heals all wounds, but that's also very 
loose too, because I feel like just over the course of talking about art and themes and things like that and, and motivations and inspirations that that part comes out. So again, I just need to hear things sort of parsed in a different way. You know, I, this is, this is this issue and this is the art that I'm creating around it. And I know that I have a lot of people listening to my show who don't consider themselves to be artists, but I do feel like that because we all share some of these similar wounds and things that we are trying to heal, that I hope that they also feel inspired to take up whatever practice it's going to be that helps them do that. And I know that can take so many forms. You can go out and garden, create a beautiful outdoor space. You can cook amazing food. You can meditate, have a sitting practice. There are so many ways to engage creatively. So that's what I'm always thinking about when I pick someone to interview. That makes a lot of sense. And I get from your title, Art Heals All Wounds. The word wound is in there and the word heal is in there. And so it sounds like you also select people who are open and willing to talk about the emotional component of making art. Yeah. And that's definitely something, um, you know, not everyone really wants to do that necessarily, but for sure it, it does make you vulnerable. It makes you vulnerable, but it also does invite other people to feel their own vulnerability. So I guess does have to want that kind of interaction. Agreed. Yeah. And I think that's where our shows also are sort of siblings in that material feels has the word feel in it. I know. I love that. Yeah. And so when I'm looking for guests, I am looking for people who are almost emotional about their material, so connected to their process that they are passionate about talking about their materials and how they got there. And I focus on folks that are not typically in the limelight, people who don't have as much Mm -hmm. airtime as I call it in the audio world and in the art world. So I'm really interested in in interviewing fellow non-binary folks, queer folks, people of color, women in the in different industries, small business owners, people who have kind of gone out on a limb and done something risky. It's very broad. <laughs> but if they touch any of those categories, my eyes perk up and I'm, you know, I want to engage more. When your guests talk about their material, it's so interesting to hear like it's like you're talking about the first time you went on a date with the love of your life and it's just makes me always want to think oh i want to be a glass blower oh i want to be a storyteller you know those when i when you hear someone talk about that but again i think that that's how you can inspire someone to take a creative risk because maybe they can connect to a material in the same way. Absolutely. You touched on something really important to me, which is that my show is really about love. And when people form a connection with a material, 
it's not only like a relationship, it's also some self-love of like giving yourself the opportunity and the time to learn something and express your feelings and connect with other people. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that translated. Yeah. You also have a slogan. I'm going to call it your slogan, which I have really adopted, which is that creativity is a human right. I loved when you first told me that and I felt like, yes, it absolutely is. How did you come up with that slogan? This sort of is a nice segue into our next topic, which is our mission, the mission of our shows Mm. and why we do this. So I was an art educator for a lot of my 20s and I was an after school art educator, which is God bless the people who do that. It's exhausting. <laughs> you have to entertain and comfort and keep people going at the at the end of their day. Like, kids are just done usually. So mm-hmm. you also have a bit of freedom where you can decide your own curriculum. And I saw this as an opportunity to or insert art into the lives of students whose funding had been cut, who didn't have art or music classes. What drives me is the impact that I see and saw and felt of creative experiences, tactile experiences, musical experiences on children who have not had access to music and art because of funding being cut, because of injustice. And so watching, especially children who have, or people who have experienced trauma, who have hardship, the arts is an essential mode of expression and therapy and problem solving skills. The reason I make material feels and the reason I teach art and the reason I write about art is because I think when you don't have access to tools and knowledge related to art, I think that's unjust. And that is what led me to say that art is a human right. And to extract that from an entire school day for a child, it's I find that to be inhumane. No, it really is. It really is. And yeah, what about you? What lights the fire underneath you that you make for a reason? <laughs> uh, for me, it's always stories. It's always stories and conversation. I love to talk. And by talk, I mean also listening. And I love to understand things through story. I probably, I read addictively, but I can only read fiction. And I read a great thing by someone recently talking about what you learn from fiction, about empathy, compassion, the ability to see the world through somebody else's eyes. And I feel that that's a muscle that we all need to exercise a little bit more. If you can sit down and have a conversation with someone, then you're already on your way to some new understanding of something. And right now, I think that's really challenging. I feel like, okay, find someone who's seeing something a little bit differently from you in the best way that you can. Maybe it's just a little bit differently from you. And have a conversation where you mostly listen and see how that feels. And then find an opportunity of someone who's going to mostly listen to you. It doesn't even have to be the same person and see how that feels. And that's what I'm hoping for is that 
the artists feel heard, that it resonates with the listeners, and maybe even if it wasn't their story, they also feel heard. Or on the other hand, they think, oh, I would have never thought about this this way, but I have a new way to understand this. So that's what drives me. And you picked a wonderful medium for it. I mean, the intimate conversations, I think there's no better place than audio because you just kind of get right in people's ears. I know. And I love that as a listener. Me too. I love having my little earbuds in and having somebody's voice right in my ear telling me something really fascinating. I agree. I love that. Yeah. And it allows me to do things like be in my garden or sort of putter around and not glued to a screen. So, so that's nice. Yes. Yes. Away from yeah. that. Well, so we had talked about today that what we were hoping for is to get people to support people teaching art. You know, some people have the gift and the ability that they're not only artists, but they can teach it too. And we've both come up with an organization that we feel is doing an amazing job with this. What was the one that you picked, Catherine? So the one I picked is called Art in Action. And you can learn more about it at artinaction.org. All one word, dot org. And what they do is they provide art supplies, art instruction. They basically provide the resources for an art program to schools. And that's really near and dear to my heart as a former art educator. So when you donate to them, it helps support access to art classes. And what about you, Pam? Which, which one did you choose? I picked NIAD. NIAD is in Richmond, California, and it's an art program for adults with developmental disabilities. And the artists who work there work in all kinds of materials, which I thought would be interesting to you. Clay, paint, pencil, anything to make a physical piece of art. And they sell these as well. So you can buy their art and they have amazing teachers. I have one friend who is an artist there. And I also know one person who used to teach there, a person who's currently teaching there. And it's a wonderful community. It is, again, a place to express yourself, which this is what I'm finding with all, you know, that is what art is. It's a way to express yourself and to work through all kinds of feelings by creating a piece of art. So Nyad in Richmond, California is the one that I'm going to be plugging. They're both wonderful, wonderful organizations though. So you can't go wrong donating to either of these programs. Yes. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you had some time to reflect over your favorite art teacher moments. So if you had any mentors in the arts in general, or maybe you thought, oh, I kind of want to get more involved in the arts in some other ways and create new memories for myself. So either way, we appreciate you folks in the arts and we're honored to work with you. And I'm so happy to have this talk with you, Pam. Thanks for doing this with me. Uh, same here. And we're going to put exactly how you can find these two organizations in the closing and in the show notes. And we would love for you to donate. We really would like to see them get a little bit of love out of this episode. But, you know, in whatever way you feel like you can contribute, 
you may want to find a place in your own community. But we want the takeaway from this to be is how crucial and important art is in everyone's lives. And let's keep providing children and adults with the opportunity to practice it. And you can listen to Art Heals All Wounds or Material Feels anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe and share and we'll talk to you soon. Material Feels is produced by me, your host, Catherine Monahan. I'm an artist and audio storyteller based in Oakland, California, living on a lonely land. I'm originally from New York State. I've got a background in art and a lifelong love for the material world. Our associate producer, Elizabeth Elise, produces original music for each episode and crafts our underscores. Sounds are also sourced from freesound.org and MSFX. Support this labor of love on Patreon, shop for audio-themed art through our Etsy shop, Waveform Ceramics, and share the show with your loved ones. Most importantly, make a date with your creative side and give yourself an opportunity to explore the magnificent material world.